take your Bibles and go to Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. We are going to be in the we're not going to leave the book of Proverbs this morning, but Proverbs chapter 31, it's a very well-known passage of scripture preached a lot on Mother's Day. You read about the virtuous woman, we'll talk about her a little bit. But what I want to talk about though this morning uh, kind of in honor of Mother's Day, I want to talk about a mother's influence. A mother's influence. I think all of us, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you, your mom uh, had a big influence in your life. You allowed her to influence you. And even if your mother is gone, she she might have been gone a long time. There's probably still something I can imagine where she still has influence. You know, you wouldn't want to do things that you know would dis- would have been a disappointment to your mom and let down your mom and. Mothers historically have always been very powerful influences on their children. That's the way it should be. It's the way God wants it. But sadly today, uh, we see uh, less and less influence from parents and even from the mother. For a long time, we saw the father's influence kind of leaving, but the mom was always kind of there. But even now today, a mother's influence is very non-existent. And much of what we see in the Bible about a mother's role in her children's life, what she is supposed to do, it's it, some of it might sound kind of foreign, like and it's like many people, many mothers have fallen for the world's teaching as far as what their role is and how they are supposed to influence. And I'm here today to tell you that um, mothers are a powerful influence, or they should be a powerful influence, and uh, you need to try to fulfill that role in your children's life and be in that right kind of influence. But let's start reading in Proverbs chapter 31. This is the words, it says, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy which his mother taught him. And we know that Proverbs it was written by Solomon and we believe that the name Lemuel because there was no King Lemuel that we read about in the Bible, but we believe it was an affectionate term that was used by his mother. It was for Solomon. And we know that Solomon's mother was Bathsheba. And I believe that's interesting uh, because Bathsheba, we know, uh, wasn't always a godly woman. That she, The woman who wrote about a virtuous woman was not always a virtuous woman. We see the sin that she committed against her husband, Uriah. She committed adultery with David. And as a result, they ended up losing the child. But uh, at some point, some things changed. And you know, it doesn't matter if you had a bad past and you made some mistakes. If you, uh, you know, give your life to God, He can change you and He can use you, and you can still become a virtuous woman. You can be a good mother. And so it says the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. Okay, and you know, we, you know, as Baptists, we don't have you know women preachers, but at the same time, you know, prophecy and preaching are many times the same thing. And you know what? Moms can preach at their kids all that they want. And there is nothing wrong with that. And my wife, I've heard her preach many great sermons in our house uh, to the children. And, uh, you know, and I've been even in the background amening a few times, you know, and she's really, she's really letting them have it. And so Bathsheba here, she's preaching to her son Solomon. This is a sermon that his mother preached to him uh, quite often. And it says, you know, uh, what my son, what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Right away, she knows that her son is eventually going to be the king. And we see here that she's trying to warn him about some things. You know, don't give your strength to women. You know what? Boys, they get themselves in trouble with girls all the time, don't they? You know, boys, they get themselves in trouble not always just with girls, but even just sometimes 
their other friends that they have. And you know what? Sadly, many parents have fallen for this idea that you know you're not supposed to get involved in who your kids are friends with. You know, you're not supposed to get involved with who your son you know wants to marry or who his girlfriend is. And I'm here today to tell you that no, moms are allowed to influence in that area. Moms are allowed to make some rules, to make some laws. We're going to see that here in a little bit. And the first thing she does is she warns him about giving his strength unto women. That which destroyeth kings, a mother that's been around for any length of time and has any experience knows the trouble that men can get in when it comes to women. She knows firsthand she was part of what got David in trouble, wasn't she? And obviously, she realizes there was a mistake there, and she is trying to warn her son about that very thing. And you know what, moms? There is nothing wrong with you looking at your son's friends, looking at your son's girlfriend maybe, and saying, you know what? She's bad news. You know what? They're bad news. You need to stay away from them. There's nothing wrong with that. You absolutely should do that. Let me tell you something. Moms know girls better than boys. No girls, don't they? And there's a thing or two that your son could learn. And we'll see some more verses on that in a little bit. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But you know, you've been around. You've seen things. You've got some experience. You know kids. You know teenagers. Even teenage boys. And moms, you have every right to tell your son you cannot be friends with that boy. You cannot go over to his house. He cannot come over to this house. He is bad influence. He will drag you down. And let me tell you, that is what a mother has always done. They are looking out for their kids. They're going to be paying attention. And so, a mother, she's concerned about her son's friends. Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. you all see that? The law of thy mother. Mothers are allowed to make rules for their kids. They, and let me tell you, the rules in your house, in God's eyes, are law for your children. That is, that is law in the eyes of God. What are they commanded to do in Ephesians 6? One, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Your word is law. But yet, most parents today, they are just fine with going along with what the world has decided. Hey, you know, the world says it's okay for kids to start dating in their early teen years. I'm here today to tell you that's as foolish as all get out. And you know what? In your house, mothers, fathers, you can declare, hey, no dating until you're an adult. Oh, we can't do that. Why not? Why not? It's your house. Your house, it is your, they're your children, it is your law. I don't care what NBC says, your children do not belong to the community. They do not belong to the community. They are your children, and you are allowed to make laws for them. And say things like, no dating until you're an adult. No dating a girl or a boy unless they are a Christian. You're allowed to do that. There is nothing wrong with that, but parents today, oh, you know, what are you going to do? You know, this is what kids are doing these days. Well, yeah, this is what kids are doing these days, but not my kids. In my house, you know, it's law. You want to know why the government's taken over the way they are? It's because of that verse. It's not in the Bible. It's found in Second Opinions somewhere. 
He who maketh the, or payeth the bills maketh the rules. And as we allow the government have the government take over all these responsibilities, they're going to start making the rules, but their rules stink, don't they? And you know what? You're paying the bills in your house. You're the one that brought those children into the world. And don't fall for this idea that you, you can't make your own rules. That you have to do what everybody else is doing. That you have to let your kids wear what all the other kids are wearing. That you have to let your kids say all the things that other kids are saying. You are allowed to have laws in your house. And you know what? Even sometimes in church, I mean, the laws are going to, they're going to be different from home to home, aren't they? And your kids, they're going to throw that line at you all the time. Mom and Dad, why can't we do this? So-and-so's family does this. Well, guess what? That's a different family. They have different laws. And you know, just like other countries have different laws, different families can have different laws. And what you say in your house, moms and dads, is law to your children. And don't fall for that idea that it's not. You are allowed to tell your kids what to do. And so, my son, hear the instruction of thy father, forsake not the law of thy mother. You'll see that more than once in Proverbs where we're talking about the law of the mother. So, and then look, let's look at verse 4 of chapter 31. It says, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Boy, I wish our leaders and politicians wouldn't drink. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting tired of hearing about these beer summits that President Obama has. You know, when you're making judgment and trying to figure out what to do, don't go drinking. Alright? I mean, you shouldn't do it anyway, but especially when you're trying to decide law and trying to decide policy, you're going to go and do something that everyone knows impairs your judgment? What in the world? And she's saying, hey, it's not for kings to do that. You know who's supposed to drink? You know who the bottle is for? You know who alcohol is for? Give strong drink to him that is ready to perish. And wine unto those that be of heavy hearts, let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Hey, if someone's dying, if someone's about, you know, if they're suffering and there is no hope for them, you know, back then that was the best painkiller I guess they had. Hey, let's get them drunk and they'll forget that they're suffering. They're going to forget that they're dying. You know, nowadays we've got things that work a little better. We've got different painkillers that if, if you're dying, you can take those and God's not going to be mad at you. But when you're healthy, you shouldn't be taking painkillers. You shouldn't be doing drugs. Okay? And especially if you're a king and she's saying, hey, this isn't, this isn't for you. You should be above that. And in our world today, it is, there are many things that are legal. Okay? It is legal to drink. It is legal to smoke. It is, you know, it's getting legal in a lot of places. Do a lot of drugs too, isn't it? But you know what? In my house, it's illegal. It is illegal for alcohol to be in my house. Prohibition has been going on in my house since we got married 15 years ago. I grew up in a house with prohibition. And you know what? We never had gangsters and you know gunfights and more crime as a result of that. I think we had less problem because of that. We've had prohibition and we will continue to have prohibition. On my house, on my three acres of land that I own, there is no alcohol allowed strict prohibition. And we, I mean, you do. You're allowed to come to my house, but man. You bring alcohol to my house, you're out. You're gone. We will deport you. I mean, to, to off the property because your house, your law. Okay, understand that, and you are allowed to make rules like that. 
doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what the government says. You know it's bad. You know it will hurt. You know it will cause problems. And therefore, you declare, hey, this, this isn't for us. Yeah, but Mom, Dad, everybody else in America is doing it. All the other parents let their kids do it. No, this is not for us. Okay? Hey, the Bible tells, you know, we're Christians, aren't we? We're children of God. We see in the Bible that because of Christ, that we are priests. We are kings. We see that in the book of Revelation. And you know what? It's not for us to do that type of thing. You know, the world gets caught up in that stuff. The world gets caught up in the drugs and the alcohol and the painkillers and all that kind of foolishness. But you know what? It's not for us to do that type of thing. And you need to teach your kids that, hey, you're, you're better than that. You need to teach them a mother's concern about her, her children's health and good judgment. That's you know what she, she Parents want their kids to be healthy. You know, one of the worst things that a parent fears and, some, and one of the worst things a parent can face is outliving one of their children. Okay? And that is, some have, uh, in here have faced that and I can't even imagine what that's like. And we all parents want their kids to be healthy, don't they? You want them to live longer than you. You want them to live a long life. You want them to be healthy. You want them to be happy. And when you know there's things that could hurt that, a parent's going to try to influence their kids away from that. And there is, that is completely appropriate. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Okay, these kids that want to say, it's my own life. I can do what I want to do. Well, first of all, you did not give yourself life, did you? Your mother and father... It was the result of them that you came into this world. Your mom carried you for nine months in her womb in a country where she could have butchered you before you were born. She could have killed you dead and been celebrated by many people in this country. It would have been completely legal for her to do that, but she did not do that. She went through the agony of birth to bring you into this world. And you think... That just because you're you and because you're an American, that you can just do whatever you want and you can be a fool. You can go and you can destroy yourself physically with the drugs and alcohol. You can go and you can mess your body up. You can go pierce your body up wherever you want and tattoo yourself up and make yourself look like a complete freak show. And your mom's not allowed to say anything about it. Listen, any mom's going to be, they're going to care about that. They're going to see them doing things that could hurt their health. And they are going to try to stop them. And you know, it's funny too because our country is so messed up. We have, you know, through you know, media and things, there commercials, they're trying to encourage parents to try to help their kids make better choices when it comes to eating. You know, parents, you need to make sure you get, keep your kids from eating the donuts and get them eating celery sticks and carrots instead of all this junk food. But then after they turn, you know, 18, 19, 21. Oh, don't you try to stop them from drinking alcohol. I mean, think about it. Well, you can go watch TV today and you can watch one commercial where they're trying to promote healthy eating and then you can watch a beer commercial right after that. What in the world? Okay? And it's, it's all about the money, isn't it? It's all, we, we know it's all about the money. And so parents just stop doing whatever, you know, television, the news media says. Hey, go ahead and make good judgments. Because when your children make bad choices, it weighs on the parents. It weighs on the mother. You do yourself service when you make your mom happy. You do. Because 
What makes your mom happy? Happy kids. They want their kids to be happy. They want their kids to be healthy. Proverbs 15.20, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. You all see that? I mean, you know, most people, you know, they never go and slap their mom or something like that. But you know what? There's not a mom out there that would she would rather be slapped by her son than to see her son suffer, to see her son go to prison, to see her son die because they're foolish. Now let me tell you, anybody that would slap his mom is a scumbag, but you know what? You're a whole lot worse to go and hurt yourself in a destructive way because that is going to just tear your mom's heart out. And so don't do that. Proverbs 23-24 The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. The best thing you can do for your mother is be happy. Is do right. Be successful. A mother is concerned about her child's health, their judgment, and when you make good choices, when you do the right thing, that it brings them joy. It will give them comfort. It will give them peace. They don't have to lay awake nights worrying about you. So you are Bennett, when you the best thing you can do for your mother is just be happy, be successful, and listen to her because the things that many children think will make them happy, you know, like the partying and the girls and all that stuff, that Moms are smart enough to know that's going to make them miserable. And you know what? You'd be wise to trust them. Look at verse 8 of Proverbs 31. It says, Open thy mouth for the dumb. In the cause of all such is our appointed destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. You know, all moms want their children to be kind and fair. You know, no mom's impressed with a child that's a bully. With one that you know hurts other people, that's unfair. And here we see she wants she wants to be kind of fair, especially for him. He's he's going to be a king. Hey, I want you to do right. I want you to judge righteously. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen says, "The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame." Y'all see that the rod. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about the rod today, you know. No, we're going to talk about the rod. The rod and reproof. It gives wisdom. How does that? How does that give wisdom? How does spanking, you know, teach your kids to be fair? You know, you they need to. That is a. I don't know what it is about spanking. It is a wonderful teaching tool. You know, my parents they believe very strongly in the board of education. You know, being applied to the seat of knowledge, and I uh, I experienced that many times in my life. And it gives wisdom. It teaches, hey, there's consequences for bad behavior. Hey, when you do wrong, you're supposed you're you're supposed to suffer. Listen, when you get older, okay, when you become an adult, let's just be honest, the consequences for wrong are greater, aren't they? Okay? If your child's cheating in school, okay, when they get home, they ought to get a good old fashioned spanking for it, okay? Because you know what are the results of cheating in school? Well, you'll probably get an F on your grade. You know that's pretty bad. But what about if they cheat on the job when they're an adult? They're going to get fired. Now that's a whole lot worse. They're going to get fired from their job. That's how they're making a living. Maybe they've got a wife and kids that they're supposed to be taking care of, and now they can't do it. I don't know about you. That would be painful. That would be hard. You know, I would rather. I had some spankings when I was a kid that I just thought I was going to die. 
I thought the pain was just unbearable. But you know what? I will take the worst spanking that I've ever got over losing a job. That's a whole lot worse. Parents, oh, we, we can't do that. We, we can't cause that kind of pain in our children. Okay, don't cause that kind of pain in your children. And guess what? They're going to suffer a whole lot worse when they're older. Oh, well, when they're, when they're fighting, when they hurt somebody, I can't spank them. That's just too cruel. Okay, don't. But then one of these days, when they're beating up somebody, the police are going to show up. And they're probably going to tase them. Or maybe shoot them. I don't know about you, I'd rather get spanked. You know, and then those police, they're going to take them, they're going to throw them in jail. I don't know about you, I would rather get grounded and be stuck in my house than thrown in the pokey. Okay? But yet, oh, well, we can't do that. That's cruel. That's mean. You're a bad parent. No, you're a bad parent if you don't do those things. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son. Okay? In other words, what you are doing to him is hurting him by not punishing him. And so don't fall for what the world teaches. And every mother wants their children to be kind. They want them to be fair. And one of the ways young kids learn, especially boys, okay, is through spanking. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod of correction driveth it far from him. Okay? Just naturally foolish. We're, we're, we're born that way. But man, there is just something about the nerves in the behind. That, that when, when they are activated, it sends a message to the brain. I better change my behavior. Hey, this is bad behavior. Hey, this isn't worth it. And it can solve a lot of problems. Thank the Lord. I've, I've never been thrown in jail. But I've been spanked many times. <laughs> I have many, many times. And I think that, that's a big part of it. And so, uh, you know, don't fall for the world's teaching on that. And moms, you know, you're allowed to do that. And you know, when I was growing up, too, my mom, you know, my mom was very small. I was taller than my mom, you know, at a pretty young age. And but at the same time, my mom's spankings hurt worse than my dad's many times, because you know, my dad was a lot bigger than me. I think he thought he was going to hurt me too bad, where my mom thought she wasn't going to hurt me bad enough. And and you know, you don't have to be real strong when you got a paddle like that, you know, to cause a lot of pain and so it's like you know the mom should give it all she's got and you know her dad would hold back and it, and it was sometimes i prefer getting spanked by dad over mom but uh yeah, moms do it you're allowed you're allowed to do it okay oh well, what about what about the law you know and man i i hate stealing other people's stories but i was like with brother Manez, how he you know his kids learned somebody taught them that hey your parents spank you you know, you call the police. You know, you call the authorities and you tell them. And, you know, I, and I, I love what he told him. His kids threatened him one time, and he said, "Fine, go ahead and call." But guess what? You're not going to get any more birthday presents from us anymore. They're going to come and they're going to take you to live with another family and all this. No, no, I don't want to. I don't want. You know, they change your mind. I don't want to call them. And that's. It. I mean, yeah. Go ahead. You know, they're going to be a whole lot worse off if they do that. You know, teach them those things. You know, teach them, teach them those things. I took my kids to the detention home, the jail for kids. We'd go there every week, and I would, I, I told them, this is jail for kids. These kids come from homes where their mom and dads never spanked them. Their moms and dads let them do whatever they want, and as a result, they end up getting in trouble. And so now these people have to punish them, and they do it by locking them up in rooms. All by themselves, and they don't get to go home. Some of these kids are in here on their birthday. 
I remember my kids, man, their eyes would be real big. And I remember we took a school field trip there one time and the kids all got to see it. And man, you know, it, it freaked them out good. It freaked them out real good. That's the alternative to spanking. And yet people want to say that spanking is child abuse. No, not spanking is child abuse. No, you know what child abuse is? Drugging your kids up when they have behavioral issues. Paddling works way better than riddling, folks. And, you, and I'm telling you, you don't, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. So, and let me tell you, all those kids, almost all those kids in detention home, they were all on all kinds of those behavioral drugs. There was places, I visited a place out by Elgin where they pretty much send kids with behavioral issues to go and they pretty much test out what medications work best on them, what will keep them calm. And the side effects of these medications are absolutely horrible. It is terrible what it does, how it dumbs these kids down. Some of these drugs have literally given boys female body parts. and I mean, it's, it's terrible what it does. You cannot abuse a kid with a spanking on the behind more than some of these drugs can. Do not fall for the world's teaching. And mom, you're allowed to influence in that area. And I, I would encourage you to go out and uh, you, you can't buy paddles in stores anymore. My parents bought one in a store one time. From the uh, out in the redwoods, we were out in the redwoods in California, and they had one set on an attitude adjuster. <laughs> they bought it and they used it, and so uh, and it, it adjusted my attitude. But anyway, so verse ten: Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Here's where we get to the virtuous woman part. This is a very well known passage of scripture. This is. Solomon's mother basically trying to tell him the kind of woman to look for. Now, we know that Solomon did not follow his mother's advice, did he? Sadly, Solomon did not follow his mother's advice. Solomon loved many strange women. He did not have the virtuous one. But at the same time, in the Proverbs, he shared what his mother shared with him. He, thank God we have it. We don't have to do like Solomon. We can actually listen to what his mother taught him. I think he put that in there too. You know, probably wishing many times he'd listened to his mother. And there are many men out there today that are, uh, you know, have been joining holy matrimony to a woman that <laughs> they're wishing I'd listened to my mother. I wish I'd done what she told me to do. But who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above Ruby's mother's. You have to help your sons in this area of finding a wife. You have great value to this. Proverbs 19.26 says, He that wasteth his father and chaseth away his mother is a son that causeth shame and bringeth reproach. You know, The world will teach you, your children, you don't have to listen to your parents in this area. Let me tell you, your child does. If they chase you away, they're, they're going to end up causing you shame. They're going to end up bringing heartache to their own life and to your life. I mean, go chase them down. How do you remember that it was all over the news last year when there were those protests? I think it was in Ferguson or one of the places. And that they got on video of some mom out there just beating down her son. I mean, she's just smacking him. And people wanted to give her a Mom of the Year award and all this stuff. And I was like, well, you know, she wasn't doing too good. Her son was out there. But hey, at least she finally decided to do something. And she's smacking her kid around. I was like, all right, that's... That's what a mom's supposed to do. And he was trying to get away, but she was she was she was giving him what for. But listen, a mom, you, mom, you said you're going to have to do this. They might try to chase you away, but you know what? 
man, run them down. <laughs> you know, run them down. Go after them. And so look at what look at what it, she says about this virtuous woman. Okay, first in verse eleven she says, "The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall not have no need of spoil." Basically, if yeah, if you're married to a virtuous woman, it's going to be easier for him to do the right thing, to be just sin. He'll have no need of spoil. Many times when people would go and they would conquer a place, you know, they would spoil them. They would take everything they had. And it wasn't always a just thing. It wasn't always something that they were supposed to do. This husband didn't have, a, this, a husband that's married to a virtuous woman, he doesn't feel like he's got to go out and take from someone that, you know, he shouldn't. He doesn't have to go out and rob a bank. Let me tell you, there's some women out there that, man, they put a lot of pressure on their husbands to, you know, to bring home some extra bacon. And they'll even encourage him to, you know, go, do something that he shouldn't do. To go hold up somebody and end up getting him in trouble. But you know, a virtuous woman's not going to do that. He can trust in his wife. He's not going to be tempted to do the wrong thing. Verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She's going to be a blessing to him. This good that she's doing, it's going to, this is going to make my son happy. That's what a mom wants. She wants a woman for her son that is going to make him happy. That's going to bring blessings instead of of evil. We've all seen those whose lives are just miserable, that their life is a wreck. Many of them turn to the drugs and alcohol and things because they are in a marriage that's just making them miserable. And no mom wants that. So she's going to try to influence them. Verse 13, uh, it says, uh, She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field, and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. So we see here that she's making her husband look good. A virtuous woman is one that means she's a hard worker. I mean, look at what this woman does. Look at what the virtuous woman does. You know, the world today is trying to teach that moms that are stay-at-home moms that don't have a career, that are just you know wives and mothers, that there's something wrong with them. But let me tell you, there's nobody that works harder than a stay-at-home mom. You know, especially when they're homeschooling their kids. I mean, you gotta see what my wife has to put up with <laughs> and what she deals with and what she is able to do. I mean, I'm telling you, there is nobody that works harder. Than my wife, and I believe she's a virtuous woman. And I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, I've I've known some. There's plenty of ladies out there that are working jobs and have careers, and they don't work half as hard. Not one fourth as hard as someone who is raising children and that's a good wife. And it's an amazing thing. But this virtuous woman she's talking about. One of the things that she's pointing out is how this benefits her husband. Man, when it says in verse 23, her husband is known in the gates. What that means, many times, that's where the judges sit. That's where the leaders were. And they would, you know, judge the people. They were the leaders. Those who sat in the gates were often the leaders of the cities. 
And a man that has a good wife, a man who is married to a virtuous woman, it is going to, and who has, you know, if that if that virtuous woman is helping raise up good children, people are going to look at that man and they're going to have more respect for him. You all will have more respect hearing my preaching if I've got a family that's got their act together. But you know what? I can preach the exact same thing, but if I'm not married to a virtuous woman, my kids are going to have a tough time being well behaved. And the truth is, there have been, and, and I think you've all figured it out too, you know, part of what's made me look good around here is my wife. You know, you've all got to know us well enough. Y'all know she deserves a great deal of the credit for what goes on in our family, with our children, uh, in this church. And I, I know I couldn't do it without her. If I had a wife that was just nagging me all the time and making me miserable, if she was causing trouble, you know, out gossiping and getting herself in trouble, it'd be hard to be a pastor. You know, I'm thankful that you know people aren't seeing my wife's name in the newspaper all the time in the criminal reports. You know, nobody's nobody's going to want to go to that church. Nobody's going to want to listen to that pastor. And I can be just as genuine. I can be just as biblical in my preaching. But no one is going to want to listen to me. I am not going to have an influence. I am not going to be able to be the kind of leader that I need to be if I'm not married to a virtuous woman. And we see Solomon that she knew that he was going to be the king someday. And he needed to have that virtuous woman. That It would help him. It would make a difference. And we know that as a result of Solomon's sin, his loving many strange women, the kingdom ended up getting divided. It didn't get divided in his time, but in his son's time, it ended up being divided. But it was because of what Solomon had done. It was because Solomon did not follow his mother's advice and this virtuous woman that we all know about and read about, this is what his mother is telling her son about. This is what you need. This is what you need to look for a woman that's ultimately going to make you look good. Look at verse 21 and verse 22. It says, She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh her, uh, herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Okay, She's saying here, a virtuous woman is going to take good care of you. At your house, it's going to be y'all are going to be warm because she knows how to make clothes. She's going to make nice clothes. She's going to you know help your life be better. She's going to take good care of you. You know, and I don't know why she didn't include in here too that you know you're going to eat good food too because well, that I tell you it's, it's a blessing when you have a wife that can cook, isn't it? That you're well taken care of uh, when it comes to eating. You know, you're not living a life eating nothing but TV dinners and you know microwave meals and McDonald's. Hey, that's not that's not even good. Not only does that not taste good, is that not enjoyable? It's bad for your health too, isn't it? And a virtue, you get a virtuous woman. You get a woman that knows how to cook. Then, you know, you're going to be healthier too and happier. And I mean, I've, have you ever had those meals before where you're eating it and just you know, I, there's been times I've been hungry, and I needed something quick, I needed something cheap, and I did. I just I went to McDonald's, and it's like, you know, I don't even want to pay him for this food because it's not very good, and it's just no fun. But boy, there's just something about that home cooked meal. You know, you just can't beat it. Whenever we go away on vacation and stuff, I get so sick of that fast food, and I love a home cooked meal. And I feel sorry for the people whose whole lives are fast food. Don't they wish they could have gotten a virtuous woman that knew how to cook? And I'm telling you, you know, a virtuous woman, she'll take 
good care of the husband, take good care of her children. She's not going to cause him trouble. Verse 24, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girls unto the merchant. Her strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. We see in the New Testament that when a woman becomes idle, so that often they learn to be idle, wanderers, tattlers, busybodies, and other men's matters. And man, I've known some husbands that have had to deal with a lot of problems because their wives were so busy doing nothing, causing trouble, going around gossiping, stirring things up, and then they got to deal with problems as a result of it. You know, no fun. No fun at all, but a virtuous woman. She's not going to do that. A virtuous woman is going to have happy children. Verse 28, her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Notice this once again. This is the mother talking to her son. She wants her son to get that virtuous woman because her husband is going to praise her. Okay, He's going to be happy. She wants her son to be happy. And what grandma doesn't want her grandkids to be happy? her children will rise up and call her blessed. That's what they want. And so, uh, you know, moms, you know, your your motives are genuine. You want your kids to be happy. So you're going to try to influence their decisions. You're going to try to influence who they marry. You want your grandkids to be happy. It is only natural for you to want your children and your grandchildren to be happy. And therefore, like Bathsheba did, you are allowed to influence in that area. And you you have influence. And you need to use that. Take advantage of it. It is for their benefit. Your happiness is to their benefit because you are happy when they're happy. Okay? And so you're not being selfish. In fact, if you are being selfish, it's to their benefit. Because your happiness or their happiness is what brings your happiness. So don't be ashamed. Don't 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 shy away from this. A mother, she's more interested in the girl's character than she is her looks. Okay? What now what do guys look for when it comes to a woman? Okay, especially young guys. What's the first thing? Oh, she's pretty. Isn't that that's the first thing they notice? That's sadly many times that's a priority. What does she look like? But verse twenty nine says, Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gate. Set beauty it's vain, it's deceitful. Bathsheba, she was a very beautiful woman, wasn't she? That was kind of what got David in trouble, David just saw what she looked like. Okay, but the truth is, she understands that it's deceitful. Hey, just because they're pretty doesn't mean they're good. Just because they're pretty doesn't mean they're going to make you happy. And just because she's pretty now doesn't mean she's going to be 10, 20 years from now. And sadly, with many people, it's all about the looks. And you know what? Moms, they've been around long enough. They've seen through that. They they know that that is not going to bring long term happiness in her child's life, and so Proverbs twenty three twenty two says, "Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old." So you know when can mom stop being an influence after I'm eighteen? No, despise not thy mother when she is old. You know what? Your I know this is real obvious, 
But you know, your parents are always going to be older than you. Therefore, they will, have been, they will always be farther down the road than you will be. And they will always have something to contribute. Even when you are an adult, you still should pay attention, listen to what your parents have to say. Have to say. Don't despise when they're old. Proverbs 30.17 The eye that mocketh his father and despiseth to obey his mother. I like this. The ravens of the valley shall pick it out and the young eagles shall eat it. Your eyeballs are going to get eaten out by birds. Ah, that sounds kind of gross, doesn't it? It sounds like a pretty violent, rough ending. But let me tell you, a person who does not follow the influence of their mother, that's probably where they're heading. They're heading, and he's just trying to say, you're going to have an ugly, ugly end. You do yourself a service by making your mom happy. And moms, you go ahead and do your job. Be an influence. Use, use your influence. Try to make a difference. That is, that is your job. If you have young children there at home, your word is law to those children according to the Bible. Don't follow what the rest of the world is doing. The rest of the world is failing miserably when it comes to raising kids. Fulfill your role that God gave you in the Bible. Follow the teachings of Proverbs chapter 31 and do what you can to make a difference. Kids, they need their moms today. And they need their moms to not just bring them into the world, but help them get through the world. And I hope you'll do that. So with that, let's all stand together right now.